Welcome to another episode of Cancer with Craig, managing your illness as a project. My name is Kirk Faulkner, and I'm joined today by Mr. Craig Faulkner. Great to be here. We also have in studio with us our mascot, Frankie. Yes, yes. I hope he's not panting too heavy. Yeah, he went on a long walk, (laughs) and if uh, you hear a little noise in the background, that will be Frankie trying to cool down. Right, right. Well, how are you feeling today, Craig? I'm feeling good. In fact, I'm panting just a little bit because I just got back from an hour walk with Frankie. You look good. You got, yeah. you got a good color to you. You look like you've been out in the sun, getting a little sun on the top I'm of the head. To, I'm trying to get to the top of the head, the same color as my face. I'm very, very careful about using some sunblock, but not too much. Quite a complicated formula that I've worked on, but I think I'm getting a, a very uh, deep tan on my head. These are the little details <laughs> that you're not sure you're going to have to think about uh, right. before you get into all of this. So... This is, this is going to be our seventh episode, and you and I have spent the last 15, 20 minutes sitting here talking about, you know, what are we going to talk about now? Uh, where are we going to take the podcast now? And I think your idea is a great idea that you can start to talk about just the things that are going on in your life, the corollaries they have with the illness, and then also how it's affecting it. That's, I think that's a good description. And today we're talking about charging ahead. Last week we were talking about, you know, what the heck happens when things go wrong. I like today's topic about charging ahead. And the reason I thought about this is in any project, there are always things uh, that are going to go wrong. You know, managing an illness like multiple myeloma for me, there's not always a right answer to how I manage this illness. As you recall, I was really obsessed before I went and had my stem cell transplant. I wanted to have have an MRI because I wanted to know if my back was deteriorating or whether it was healing. I got kind of a mixed review. We won't talk too much about that, but I had that little side project going to help me with my overall project to make me feel good about moving ahead. In terms of managing this illness, I had a huge decision about whether or not I should do this stem cell transplant. It may be another six months before I know. It could even be another 12 months before I know whether or not it was really a great idea. And I think that is an interesting element to, you know, managing projects. And many times we'll make a decision as we're working on a project and we're really not quite sure of the outcome. I know that's really true with business. You know, when I started FMG back in 2011, you know, I had a few woulda, coulda, shoulda moments as uh, we were engineering the software, as we were repioneering, uh, going back into, even though an industry that we were familiar with, financial services, man, I had some nights where I thought, you know, should I be charging ahead? When you look at uh, this from the aspect of a project management, really the first step that you take on any project is to decide to do it. I was telling you, I know the funny story about the two cowboys who are walking through the desert and they come up to a fence that's too high to get over. And one of them goes, how are we going to get over this fence? And the other one grabs the guy's hat and throws it over the fence and goes, I don't know, but we got to get your hat. You know, (laughs) at some point you have to throw your hat over the fence and really, really decide to do something. And I know, like you said, that the stem cell treatment, that was something that you could have decided to do or, or not to do, but that once you were locked into it, you were 100% on it. The hat was definitely over the fence. There was no turning back. 
I'll have other decisions like that as I go through this process. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, because it's something that I'm really focused on, I think it has kind of a nice corollary or tie-in to you know what we talk about in terms of managing illness as a project, is you know I'm working on this ranch, you know, and I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast before. You know, I've always had this dream to you know develop a spread. I mean, who doesn't want to spread? And so uh, we bought this hundred acres. It's just just under 100 acres in East San Diego County. It's just an hour and 15, an hour and 30 minutes from our house. You know, I had mentioned in another podcast that we had this little tug of war, internal tug of war about, okay, well, do we start this project? Because it's a big project. We're building a house as a kind of a family retreat, and we're building a, a barn to set up a wood shop and other fun projects with the grandkids and kids. We're going to have horses. We're going to have cows. I'm going to be the gentleman rancher. I've got to say, as I've started this project, there has it's almost been on a weekly basis. I do have this question in the in my mind, okay, should I be charging ahead of this? Because what about my health? And Marilyn and I have made this decision. This is going to be a legacy property. We're going to try to keep it in the family, pass it on for generations. But still, I have this thought running through my mind in terms of managing this project, how committed am I to this project? And it is an interesting mindset to me to be so convinced one day and the next morning you wake up and you question yourself about, well, do I charge ahead? And I will say for me personally about managing projects And you know I've had a lot of projects over my life. I've done a lot of spec homes. My projects have basically been around businesses and projects within businesses and then developing real estate. And I've got to say, Kirk, I don't know that there's been really one time in my career on managing a project or starting a project where I haven't questioned whether or not I should charge ahead on that project. Mm -hmm. Keep it going. Yeah, should I keep it going? And an interesting side note on this ranch, when I bought this acreage, there was a producing well, and the well was producing about 15 gallons a minute, which is a moderate producing well. A good producing well is 30 to 40 gallons a minute. A great producing well is 60 to 100 gallons a minute. I decided just to be safe, I'm going to go ahead and drill another well as a backup well. We went down 1,500 feet. We spent a lot of money on the well, and I got three gallons a minute. Okay. That's a a slow shower. That's a slow shower. That was not a very good backup well. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this project right. I drilled another well. Well, to make the story short, I have ended up drilling five additional wells. Wow. Five additional wells. So I have six wells on the property. And I'm embarrassed to say that each one of those wells is only producing three to five gallons a minute, where all of my neighbors have wells producing 30 to 60 gallons a minute, all the acreage around me. Yeah. You know, you start out on a project, and I'm already off developing this ranch, and I'm just way over budget just on providing water. Yeah for the project. Did you not spend enough time with that little divining rod? <laughs> yes, that's uh, yeah, the witching device. And I actually did have someone come out and witch for me, and that well really didn't do much better than any of the other wells. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There goes that theory. 
Well, that's interesting to me. So when you start a project and you know that it's going to be difficult, what are some of the ways that you either plan to help yourself get through the hard parts or when you're deep in a project, what are some of the ways that you look for motivation and remind yourself why you started in the first place? Well, okay. So one of the things that I do, and this may be counterintuitive, when I start a project, I look for a way up until a point where I can unwind the project. Right. When I started FMG Suite back in 2011, I knew that there were certain points along the way that it would be relatively easy for me if I wasn't feeling it. Whatever that feeling is that I need to charge ahead, if I wasn't feeling it, there was a way for me to shut it down. And I've got to say, while I never really thought seriously of turning off the spigot for FMG, there were definitely days or weeks where it was very, very challenging. For me on this ranch project, there are still some points at which if I just got really spooked, if I wasn't feeling it, if something dramatic happened, there are still checkpoints where I could say, okay, I can stop here. You have a few outs. I have a few outs. Now, those outs are becoming fewer and far between because I'm I'm getting we've graded the uh, the two building sites and we've got a lot of inf- infrastructure in. I still could put the brakes on that project. Now I'm not planning on it, right. but I could put the brakes on that project. And I think for those of us, you know, in business and in our family lives, it's always nice in a project to be able to pivot. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say pivot, I mean to either go another direction or to stop and start another project. Right. Of course, I would caution myself and everyone else not to start and stop things too much. You have to have the energy and the ability to charge through. I like how that's kind of counterintuitive advice in that somehow that by giving yourself a little space to back out of something, it makes it more likely that you won't because maybe if you are just locked in with without any room to wiggle, not only are you going to feel more anxious about the project in general, but when it comes time to pivot, it's going to be harder if you are locked into one very specific line of action. Yeah, exactly. And I think that when I look at a project, whether it be a project around the house, it's always fun to be able to visualize what the project's going to look like, but also you give yourself enough flexibility that you won't be bitterly disappointed if you have to do a little pivot here or there in order to either get the project completed, change it, or completely abandon it. Yeah, you think of all of these great software companies that started off as one thing. You know, I think Instagram started off as a, a picture app and right. then pivoted to something else. And if they had been locked in, say they had had an investor that was too single-minded about the uh, initial idea or the CEO himself was too single-minded mm-hmm. about it, they would have missed these opportunities to become the huge thing the worst. So sometimes that room is exactly what's going to give you the ability to find the track that's going to bring you to the highest and take care of things the best. Kind of hopping back in that example, there hasn't been anything that I've done on that ranch up until this point where it hasn't been more expensive. And that probably will be the case until we get done. From redoing the bridge that goes over the creek, the two boxcar beds Mm -hmm. where we had to come in and sandblast the bottom so there wasn't rust and we had to paint them. We had to put rails on them, get an engineer out there to give us a rating on how much weight it would actually bear. 
as I look at all the things, all the different steps from getting the biologists out there to indicate what areas were sensitive habitat because the county required that, how we have to plant all the banks before we break ground or even begin on the foundation. I mean, there's so many steps and so many roadblocks that the county has put up because it's gotten more and more difficult to build here in San Diego, one could very easily kind of curl up in a ball, not just from the additional cost, but from the additional complexity and say, is it really worth it? Yeah. But that's where I think having faith, having confidence in the things you're doing, giving yourself the leeway to question it, but then doubling down and committing to push that through. That's to me where the big rewards in life are, is to think about it, reflect on it, um, critique it, but you push through and you accomplish the goal, you complete the project. To bring it back to cancer treatment, how would you say that that attitude can inform somebody who maybe has two major things that they are considering doing. Like I know some people consider not getting any treatment at all and just like kind of letting things run a natural course. Other people want every treatment under the sun. Some people want to stay with Western medicine. Some people go into Eastern medicine. Like how can people be making the right decision and then charging ahead with their treatment decisions? I think when you make decisions on your healthcare treatment, I think you really have to project forward to think, how will I feel when I move ahead with this treatment or if I didn't move ahead with this treatment and the results were either positive or negative? It's the same with investing. It's the same with with building a business. I think you expect success but I think you have to you have to at least entertain that there could be there could be setbacks. And if there can be setbacks, then how will I feel about that setback? You know, I think of my mom all those years ago. My mom died when I was 17 years old. The question that she posed was all those years ago to me was would I have been better off if I hadn't had all of this kind of experimental treatment. Your mom also had cancer. I My don't mom think we've had mentioned breast that cancer before. And this was in the 60s and so still kind of experimental procedures you know with with chemo and radiation what my mom had to weigh was well what was her quality of life going to be without that and i think you know had she been able to replay it and she was not a big woulda coulda shoulda person she was a very positive look forward uh, look ahead person but knowing what she knew at the end of her life her quality of life back then was pretty low based upon all the operations that she went through but she somehow was able to process that, compartmentalize it until the day she died. She was very, very positive about her life, the way she was managing her illness. And that has had obviously a very positive impact on me. Yeah. So I think we have to acquire and is somewhat a learned trait to be able to make a decision and then kind of compartmentalize that decision, whether it's, it's always a decision that you make that's positive, a decision is always great to celebrate. If the decision doesn't quite work out, I don't think you can obsess about that to the point right. that it doesn't work out. You just have to set that aside. Can't live in woulda, coulda, shoulda no, land. you can't. You can't. I feel kind of two things about that because on one hand, I believe everybody should 
handle their treatment the way that they personally want to handle it. But I know that if you had chosen not to get any treatment, I'd be kind of upset with you. (laughs) So it's a hard thing. But I think there is something about that dedication to your own decision. You know, I did that uh, landmark thing a long time ago. And they, they have this thing where they say, okay, you have a chocolate ice cream and a vanilla ice cream which one do you want and you you know you choose which one and, and they say okay so why did you why did you choose that one and they do this whole thing where people give all these answers and there's really only one answer the answer why did i choose it is cuz i chose it and right. that's the only reason why <laughs> i need it is cuz i made that choice and i'm going to stick with it yeah. so i definitely get that sense from uh, the way that you're talking about charging forward as we look at illness as a project i make decisions that I'm going to, hopefully I'll make more right decisions than wrong, but I'll make those decisions and try to compartmentalize those, live with them, be positive about them, but I will not overly obsess about them because then I freeze up in my ability to make progress in any other area of that project. Just fear and despair are the enemies of progress. And there's no question about that when it comes to your health and when it comes to managing how your lifestyle is going to play out over the period of your life. So yeah, I really like that. Fear and despair are the uh, enemies of progress. I think that's a pretty true statement. So yeah. So well, that's a pretty good time wise for us. Um, I actually think this has been One of our more interesting conversations. I really got a lot out of this. Thanks for that. Good. I'll uh, kind of keep everybody posted on how we progress on the ranch as a uh, reference point. Especially because once it's done, we're going to start recording the podcast out there. That's right. That's right. (laughs) From a horse or a cow. Do you have a name for the ranch yet? We were calling it the uh, Red Cloud Ranch because we get really pretty sunsets. But we're debating on whether or not we want to call it Falcon Ranch. You know, Faulkner comes from the Falcon Keepers. there are a lot of big birds of prey out there. there are. It's one of the most striking things about the property. That, that's right. And so it would be cool uh, to get a couple of falcons, become a falcon keeper. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Get you one of those big gloves. Go hunting with so them. So anyway, we are uh, Red Cloud Ranch or Falcon Ranch. And right now we're leaning towards Falcon Ranch. Awesome. I love it. Well, great. Well, thanks for uh, joining me again today. And until uh, next time. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.